We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. Kind of a special holiday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast as we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We also are celebrating the addition of a new member, new members, plural, of the OU coaching staff. So coming up here in just a bit, we're going to bring you the two press conferences that took place on Sunday. Now, they're, they're, they're two different press conferences, but they're both very similar because Lincoln Riley is a part of both of them. So we'll hear Coach Solo kind of take us through the transfer of Jalen Hurts, the uh, NFL declaration by Kyler Murray, and then, of course, the transfer out by Austin Kendall. That's coming up. And then a little bit later on in the podcast, we'll meet the new defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, as Coach kind of takes us through uh, the process of hiring, identifying Alex Grinch, and then Alex Grinch, the new defensive coordinator, will take us through what we can expect defensively. And then coming up on our regularly scheduled Tuesday podcast, We'll hear from Jessica Cootie and her one-on-ones with not just Alex Grinch, which is fantastic. You can see it right now if you can't wait for the podcast. It's online at Soonersports.tv, but a really good one-on-one with Jess and Coach Grinch. She also talked to uh, Brian Odom, the new inside linebackers coach, and Roy Manning, the new cornerbacks coach. We'll bring that to you on Tuesday's regular podcast called The Game Plan. And then I reached out to one of my favorite dudes, Ryan Fowler, who covers Alabama 
and uh, he has a radio show in Tuscaloosa. So on tomorrow's podcast, Ryan will join us and tell us a little bit about Jalen Hurts. So as always, thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Let's kick things off with the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, Lincoln Riley, talking about the process of bringing in Jalen Hurts and identifying the need for a grad transfer quarterback. Yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting process uh, when you have – a situation like we had with Kyler's, you know, where, you know, I think all three options initially that were on the table for him were all, you know, very real options. One of those being coming back here and uh, had a discussion with him, um, what it is now, a week, week and a half ago with him and his family where I, we sat down, went through it all. And I knew, I knew after that night, I think it was on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, I knew that um, leaving that discussion that he was going to go play professionally one way or the other I was not going to come back to OU and so once I knew that then obviously you get a chance to take a look at your room and see what you have what you need what are your concerns and uh, after I knew that I started thinking about adding somebody uh, older in that room thinking we might need another older presence in there Um, started off by Looking across the country, looking in the transfer transfer portal, looking at some junior college guys, and when I found a couple of guys that I zeroed in on that I thought were intriguing options, I then uh, started making contact with the current quarterbacks and their families. Had good talks with all of them. Was very open and upfront with them, like I always am with them. Honestly, in Austin Kendall's case, was probably even. I probably even jumped the gun a little bit, letting them know before I knew if there was any real interest from any of these transfers out there. But I felt like, especially a guy in his position, I I wanted him to be able to know. And honestly, I actually encouraged the family to enter the, the transfer portal, as difficult as that was. And I, I don't really – there's parts of this transfer stuff that I don't agree with. But I, when asked the question from his dad, if, if he was your son, what would you do? That was my honest answer, and at least give himself options and see how this thing played out. So I had great conversations with them the entire way through, uh, uh, as well with our, our, other, our other quarterbacks, their families. Um, yeah, and it was kind of just an open, honest process all the way throughout. And Jalen came up here and visited, uh, you know, and, and we thought, thought it went well. It was kind of a quick visit when you – you bring a grad transfer and they don't care about a lot of stuff. It's, uh, you know, a lot of times they're making that, that decision for one reason, one reason only. So it went well. And then Jalen let us know that he was coming. And, uh, yeah, we, like I said, continue to communicate with all of our other quarterbacks. And, you know, here we are today. Jason? Yeah, there was a lot of controversy about Austin Kendall and the West Virginia stuff. Can you address that and kind of how that all played out from your end? Yeah, started like I said with the conversation with his with his father uh, and mother um, the night after I had visited with Kyler and started, you know, honestly started thinking about bringing somebody else in. Uh, I had my first conversation with Austin about it the next morning. Um, yeah, and it was good. It was a very positive process the whole way through. Family was great. Austin and I talked not just every day. We talked multiple times each day. I uh, got to meet in person a few times and visit about it. Despite everybody in the everybody in the world wanting to jump the gun without any accurate info like people did around the country, it was a very, you know, a very smooth process. And uh it was a tough decision on you know whether to uh of course they can transfer anywhere and we 
we don't we don't have any problem with that in conference out of conference that's that's how it is it, it was a tough decision on you know do you allow them to be immediately eligible considering it's another conference opponent considering this is the one conference where you play every opponent and sometimes as we've seen the last couple of years you're going to play somebody twice um, because in this position and it was really difficult for me because I recruited him he's been in my room I mean I've you know, I've got a different relationship with those guys. It's just the way our staff setup is. And uh, so you've got the, the personal human side of it. And then you also have the reality side that every decision I make doesn't only affect Austin Kendall or any one player individually. It affects a lot of people around here. I got a bunch of other kids and a bunch of other families that it affects too. I got teams here in the future that, that these decisions can have repercussions for. And, and they can they can impact that. They can set precedent that can be, you know, I'm not saying it can be damaging, but you got to be aware of those things. This is not a decision. That's a big enough decision. You don't just make this, you know, like that. And so, and I was honest with them. Uh, their, their timeline was difficult because they're trying to rush to potentially get in school somewhere. Uh, we started school a lot later uh, than most of the schools he was looking at, so there was deadlines on his part. And then me not wanting to rush a pretty big decision. So, uh, we, like I said, we had good, open, honest conversation. There was a point in time where I was not, I was not ready to grant him that. Uh, I was kind of, I think, pretty honest throughout the entire the entire time that I haven't made a final decision yet. I'm trying to get to that place because personally. The human element, I want to do it for you. I love the kid. Austin Kendall was great here. I loved every minute that he was here. His family was great. He was a very positive member of this team. And I, I didn't want him to go. Um, but then I also wanted to make sure I'm making the best decision for Oklahoma, too, and for all of our staff, all of our players, for all the players that will play for us in the coming years. Because, like I said, these decisions – you know they they carry weight, and it's you can't just always make it for one individual guy. So we worked through it, um, and there was different points where they needed to know where I stood relative to their decisions, and I was honest. And then we got to a point as it went on where I felt like I, I still have some inner back and forth about it, to be completely honest. But I got to a point where the human element uh, of it was strong enough that we felt like it was the right thing to do in this situation. Um, just to follow up on that, um, whether it was, uh, I guess, um, what am I trying to say here? It, whether it was um, doing the right thing or, or coming to a, a clean conscience or what, whatever the final decision was, what was that uh, in your, in, you talked about the inner workings that still, mm -hmm. what was the final determination for you? For releasing without restrictions. Just the, the, the human element. I just, I couldn't get past uh, you know, and you just try to put yourself in all the different scenarios that you could possibly be in down the line where this could have, you could feel the ripple effect of this. And does this have a major negative impact at some point? And, you know, with the way the transfers are going, uh, you know, where this thing's headed, uh, we felt like we finally got to a point through all the discussions that we felt like, you know, that we could do it. Um, it was a situation we brought in in his time here two other transfers at his at his position and he'd done a great job here and at the end uh, the human element and my relationship with him and his family um 
probably the the thing that probably pushed me over the edge was the last conversation I had with him that morning, and then I ended up releasing him that afternoon where, you know, it was just all this stuff was going on in the media, and again, all these people jumping to conclusions about things that they have no actual facts about, and we were just kind of laughing about it, like we've been joking and laughing and talking through this thing like we have for the last three years every minute that I've coached him. So, I mean, it was – and I appreciated how the kid was handling all that. And at the end, I just the human element won out, you know, and 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 got to a point where I could come to terms with it in my mind that you know it wouldn't be an awful thing for our place too. And uh, so that's that's one of the tough things about this job. I'm not complaining about it, but you you got to make tough decisions, as we've seen. I've had to make a bunch of tough ones this year, and they're not always the best for one person. But you got to. You got to try to do the best that you can for individual people, but also maintain doing the best for this place and all the all the people that are here, all the people that have been here, and all the people that will be here. Lincoln, you mentioned that you didn't agree with everything with the new transfer process. What would you like to see change? And along with that, would you like the Big 12 to take that particular decision out of coaches' hands, sort of like the SEC has done? Um. I don't know if it's the time and place for it right now just because it's such a hot topic. I mean, I think I think we got to really step back and look at the at the college model though because I I think this threatens it. And um I'm I'm for players having rights and I do I absolutely believe that a lot of the progress that's been made in the last several years on a lot of different fronts, even some of those fronts that have nothing to do with transferring have absolutely been positive. Um but I think college football is a great game and it's, you know, the greatest sport on earth and, and we do a lot more right and there's a lot more right about it than there is wrong right now. And so I I do have concerns of it just opening up where guys can just wildly transfer anywhere at any point and be immediately eligible to play because that's that doesn't exist anywhere else. You know, you can't you can't do that. If you turn professional, you can't do that. You're going to have contracts that you break. You're going to have, you know, you're going to set, I think, just an ugly precedent that, I don't know, I, I would be concerned a little bit about the sport and just the whole college amateur model going forward with that. So I think, I think, you know, guys being open where they can now talk to any school they want to, I think is positive, not being restricted on contact. I think guys, you know, there's always an avenue now with the, what we've put forth where, you know, any player can transfer to any school they want. And and I and I totally agree with that. But I do think there's got to be there's got to be something that also not holds them back, but also something that holds them accountable for those decisions, because when they go get that first job in the workforce or they become a, an NFL player or whatever it is, they're always going to be held accountable from that point forward. So, you know, I hope. This whole thing's about education, so I hope we're teaching them how it really is when they get done, and not some fantasy world that they have here uh, in college. And that there are, you know, there are repercussions for decisions. And and uh, so I hope we can find some balance because I think we can. I think there is a point. I'm not saying I got all the answers, but I think there's a point where we can give these players rights, the freedoms that they absolutely no doubt should have, but also make sure we're teaching them the right thing about how the world really works as well. Brandon? Last year you, you talked a lot about leading into the season, leadership, uh, bringing in a guy like Jalen Hurts, knowing his background, 
How, more, how much more confident do you feel, you know, going into the 2019 season with, with the guys on the team, plus Jalen uh, in the leadership? Well, I, th- I mean, I think he's, you know, I, I think he can certainly has the ability to be a really good leader for us. Um, but, you know, he, he's got to get in here and, and learn this team, you know, learn this offense. He's got to get in here and, and, you know, compete for this quarterback job. I mean, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of steps ahead, but there's no doubt. I mean, the guy's been in, you know, some of the biggest and best games in college football here over the last few years. And, and I've been just, as I've gotten to know him, been really impressed by the, the way that he carries himself, the way that he works. Um, and so there, there's a lot, there's not gonna be much that happens to this kid that he hasn't been through already. So. You appreciate that side of it, but he's he's got to come do it here. You know, it's not immediately just going to snap in because he had success at another school, and he, you know, and he realizes that. He's excited. He's hungry to come work. We're excited to to get him going with our guys. Yeah, concerning Hurts, not a typical Oklahoma quarterback. His skill set, how much adjusting are you going to have to make with your offense? How much is he going to have to adjust to what he's been doing? Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, it's hard to define typical right now a little bit for me just because the last two guys we've had have pretty different skill sets too. So I'm, I I like his skill set a lot. Um, you know, I certainly wouldn't have brought him if I didn't feel like it could work. I think at any point with any new quarterback, you're going to have, you know, you're going to get different feels on what they like, what they do well. Um, and you've got to, like I think we've done, you know, decent with Baker and Kyler, is you've got to try to marry your schemes to that and, and find some common ground there where you're still running your system, but you're also tailoring it to what they do well. And we'll, we'll do that for Jalen just like we will for our other quarterbacks that will be here as well. But, I, no, I think he's got an intriguing skill set that I'm excited to work with. How would you describe the skill set? Well, I, I, I mean, I think a lot of things jump off the top. I mean, you look at the kids, again, his experience, what all he's been through. He's had to learn, you know, a, several different systems. He's had a lot of different coordinators at his time in Alabama. So I, I like, you know, mentally where he's at. And that it helped me a lot being able to sit down with him here on his visit and, and you know, discuss what they've done, be able to discuss what we've done. And I can tell he's he's got a good mind for it. So I don't really have any concerns there. Um, I think he's really progressed as a thrower. A lot of the film I watched this year, I, I see a very, very capable thrower, um, you know, a very good athlete. He's strong. You know, he's going to have a much different build than a couple of these guys, uh, you know, that we've had here in the last few years. So, um, but at the same time, too, I... I don't want to pass too much judgment on something I haven't seen live very much. I, I saw enough on tape to know the, the tools are there, but I'll, I'll know a lot more about him once we can get on the field and work together. Yeah, Lincoln, I wanted to ask you about um, the video that popped up on social media no. the last uh, couple of days. You've got some players who are pretty upset about it for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. and to make that pretty clear on social media, I'd, I'd like to ask you if you've been around your players to discuss any of this yet. How you feel about a the, the the appearance of the video and b how you feel the university fared uh, in terms of response to that video? Uh, yeah, uh, had had a chance to talk to a number of our players. Uh, one, I'm proud of them. You know, that's part of coming to college and is is learning to to speak for yourself and learning to weigh in on values. That's part of the that's part of of being an American citizen and part of growing up. And so I think our guys have. I've done a great job. I've, I encourage them to 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 not be afraid to speak their mind. I mean, that's there's real issues out there, and 
these are going to be the you know part of the guys that are going to be handling these issues as as they grow up in that generation and so you you always want to see it get better and i think we've got some guys on our team that are absolutely going to make make this place better um uh, as far as my reactions to it it's sickening i mean it's it's you know it's you hate it i mean you just do i mean i i you know on on every level um but the one thing I know, and I don't know if I would have enough of an appreciation for this had I not been here two or three years ago um, when we had a similar incident, is I've seen this university community, uh, players on our team, staff members, athletic administration. I mean, I've seen people that have taken a situation like this that is ugly and turn it into a beautiful thing. I mean, I... I the changes on our campus since the SAE event three years ago, I don't know that they would have happened as fast and aggressively had that not happened. And there were so many positives that that stemmed from that that I was just proud of the way, you know, Bob, our players, they, and not just football, the athletic community, the entire campus responded to that and handled that. And it really felt like in a lot of ways to me, and I was the new guy in town at that point, but you could really kind of feel it, like bring everybody closer together and, and raised awareness. And it became a positive. And so I'm very confident that everybody involved is going to work work hard to, you know, make this happen the same way where, you know, change continues to happen and, and we, we all continue to work, you know, work together. And uh, we're here to support our players. Um, you know, I know it puts the university in a difficult situation, but I know President Gallagher and everybody else will be, uh, you know, behind all of our students um, and and there to there to support them and there to help, and we certainly want to want to be there to do that as well. Just to, just to reiterate, that the guys with the SAE video use their place on the football team as a, sort of a platform to help affect the change. Your you anticipate you might have guys want interested in doing the same. I hope even so. This spring. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I think uh, it's a it's a great thing. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 powerful. No doubt, the platform exists, and this is an important issue. You know, it's important to all of us. And uh, like I said, that, that that made this place better a few years ago when that happened. And I, I think we got some guys very motivated to do that, and they're going to get every amount of support that I could possibly give them. After the Olympics, we talked about your future and about the NFL teams, and you said there was no interest. And then a couple of days later, the big announcement comes from the school about the extension. Just your thoughts on the commitment Oklahoma has given you as a head coach, and then also not only you but the assistant coaches and how they've been able to compensate them as well. Yeah, um, I do want to. I don't want to step too far forward because I know some of those things will be, you know, formalized at the Regents meeting here in a few days, and so I start, certainly don't want to step out of place there. But I. I'm, I'm I'm very thankful for it. Uh, you know, our Joe, uh, President Gallagher, you know, there's just been a ton of support, you know, and that's, that's you know, one of the big reasons that somebody in this business, you know, wants to stay at a place like this when there are other options out there, you know, is that you, you feel like you got great people in the trenches with you and people there support you and, and give you what you need to be successful. And they've, Oklahoma's always done that, you know, personally for me, they've always done that for this football program. That means a ton. I think they, I think a lot of people believe in the direction, uh, the trajectory of this program right now. Uh, we certainly do. And to have the support of so many good people behind you, again, that's that's uh, what, what makes this place special. So I'm very thankful for it and very excited about the future. Thank you very much.
when you talk about Jalen Hurts and just grad transfers, they don't want too much. What were some of the specific things that he was asking you about as far as what he wanted out of this program and out of this transfer? Yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, one opportunity. You know, guys, guys want a chance to come compete. Um, development. I mean, you know, he's been able to look and see the, you know, development of our quarterbacks here over a, a pretty long period of time, and. I think that was positive. Uh, I think a lot of guys are wanting to find some type of way to to get in, you know, into this offense some way, somehow. You know, it's uh, obviously it's you know doing some good things at this level and beyond. And I think there's some some clear advantages there, especially at that position. Um, and I, I think for him, it, it gives him a chance to win. You know, he's been at one of the other winningest programs in the country here over the last couple of years, and has had a chance to compete for. For championships and being those big games, and I think he, you know, I think he sees that opportunity here. And so, uh, you know, I think those things were all pretty apparent. I think the the meetings were just more of a compatibility type meeting, you know, of getting a feel: is it going to work with this staff? Is am I going to be good being coached by this guy? Is you know, is you know, how do we hit it off? How do we click? And uh, we both agreed going into it that if anything didn't feel right on either side, that that we weren't going to do it because him coming here and it not being successful is not good for us. It's not good for him. It doesn't make any sense. And uh, certainly just being a fan of the kid from afar the last few years, uh, you know, you, you just as a fan of the game and, and not many players that handles, handles situations like he had, like he had at Alabama, not many people handle it like he did. And uh, so you just, you just kind of want, you want to see the kid, get in a place where he can get a great opportunity and thrive and become the quarterback that we all think he can be. And so, uh, yeah, when he got here, it just seemed to fit, seemed natural, easy, and um, had some good conversations. And I know he's excited, ready to go. It's just interesting what you were just talking about. A lot of folks, when they talk about Jalen Hurts, they start talking about intangibles, you know, not necessarily on the field things. How beneficial do you see that being? Yeah, no, it'll be great for him. I mean, it one, it first thing it does, it provides great competition in that room, which you just you always want. And uh, you know, best player is always going to play. That's how it's always going to be. But it it provides competition, and then certainly a guy that's been through so much. And not just you know in-game situations, but so much. Um, he's been through so much of what you have to deal with to be a quarterback at a major university this day and age, the good and the bad. And so, and he's he's you know Jalen's kind of an old soul. You know he he just when you sit there talking to him, you don't feel like you're talking to a a young man. You know you hell I feel like he's older than me talking to him. Honestly, he's uh, he's awesome and. Uh, so he'll be a good influence for those guys. There's there's no doubt about it, and uh, I'm excited for the influence he'll have on them and the rest of our guys. Yeah, Lincoln, when, when Baker and, and Kyler got here, they really hadn't played in many big games before. Uh, you mentioned the big games that Jalen has played in, and there have been a lot of them. But what advantage does that give him here and, and give your team coming from the quarterback position? That helps. You know, I think he – you know, you know how to prepare for those games, knows what to expect, all the buildup, um, being able to focus in on what's really important. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, that's that's one of the things that he brings to the table, and there's nothing to replace, you know, having been in those games. So I think it's going to – it'll help him individually. It's going to help 
it's going to make a big difference. And uh, but you know, it's not the only thing. You know, again, guys got to come win the job. Guys have got to perform. And uh, you know, he's certainly eager to to go at it and and go compete to get that done. Lincoln, uh, knowing Kyler the way that you do, um, would it would it have surprised you if he didn't take that chance to to give football a try? And, and just your thoughts on him kind of chasing that now? Yeah, um, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I know I know he loves football, and I know I know he really you know he really loves baseball too. I mean, I know it's not a not an easy thing for him to navigate, but I'm am I. Am I surprised that he's left his options open? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I mean, I think it's pretty clear he's got a, a future in each one, and you know he's going to be, you know, he's already a first-round pick in one, and he's probably getting ready to be a first-round pick in another. And so, yeah, it's unique. Um, I'm happy for him, though. Again, that he's, you know, they're both realistic options now, and you know, there's financially, they're, he's going to be in a good place either way. I mean, there's not a ton of differentiating factors. He can just simply do what he wants to do, which. That's all I care about. Lincoln, you, you, you've had nine guys from the New Wave 19 class in. What have you heard about them so far? You've eyeballed them. What's your early thoughts of those guys? Yeah, uh, it's exciting to get them in. You know, and they've had a full week here with uh, with Coach Wiley and his staff, and yeah, reports have been good. You know, it's just one weekend, you know, so. You know, we won't hand them the Heisman yet, but they, uh, you know, they, you know, it's it's a good-looking group, no doubt. They, you know, they seem very eager to compete. They don't seem, uh, they don't have the deer in the headlights look right now, like occasionally you get with freshmen. They, they're they're a confident group. They're a talented group, and they've done a good job, you know, getting going with our team. And our team's done a good job of welcoming welcoming those guys in. Several of them have been committed here for a long time, so got to know our guys pretty well. And even those that jumped on there as of late, our guys have done a good job of, you know, kind of introducing them to this place and, and making sure they get off to a good start. But that's yeah, fun. Makes you excited for spring ball. Has kind of been making its rounds since the Jalen Hurts news came out. That you, from early December, you said that any team could would be lucky. I think something to the effect of to have a Jalen Hurts on the team. Mm-hmm. At that point, had the possibility of him coming here seeped into your mind at all? Was that was that anything you were thinking about at the time? No, I mean it had nothing to do with the comments. I mean, no, I know. I just mean at that time, had you started to think about that? Not really, that? just because there's you know at that point there's. A million different things that could happen. I don't know what's going to happen with Kyler. I don't know if this guy's transferring. I don't know if that guy's transferring. I mean, I you start wondering about those things. You just with everything else that's on my plate, you know, you you start to dilute what's really important. So now I I hadn't. Um, I knew there was a possibility at some point that he might transfer. I I didn't know what was going to happen here, but I I had not spent any serious time thinking about it. No. Well, Coach Riley isn't done. After laying out a lot of things uh, from the offensive side of the football, it was time to meet the new defensive coordinator. Okay, yeah, I want to introduce uh, Alex Grinch, uh, our new defensive coordinator, uh, safeties coach here to, to Sooner Nation. Uh, feels like it's been a long time coming now, but certainly uh, a hire that I'm, I'm, I'm just thrilled with. Um, kind of set out, you know, here once, once I – knew for sure that you know we were going to go a different direction and bring in a new defensive coordinator um it's kind of an interesting journey you know you you start 
getting calls from you know so many different people that have interest in working at a place like this and you you know you start a lot of different possibilities start swirling through your mind about you know what you want this defense to look like and what you think would be the right decision for this place but you know my mind as I went through this process and you know vetted a, a lot of outstanding candidates I mean I, I really had no indecision on this this was really a, honestly a pretty easy decision for me um, you know on a number of different levels one uh, most importantly a lot of guys that I trust in the business have, have had a chance to work with coach Grinch you know seen up close and personal uh, the kind of man he is, kind of family he has, uh, the impact that he, you know, has been able to have on defensive players, defensive units, and in, in a short amount of time, some of the changes, especially, you know, going back to his career at Washington State, you, you see the immediate success that happened when he took over defensively, and uh, and have just always admired from afar the way the way that his groups played, love what they do schematically, but more important than that, love the the mentality that he's instilled in these players, and it's something that we very much believe in here, and I think we'll you know, very much align us kind of with a very similar mentality, you know, on all three sides of the ball. You know, I felt like, you know, special teams-wise, looking at the whole group, I felt like special teams-wise we made a big jump in that direction this year within our program. We all know that, you know, we're excited to do the same thing defensively, and I think this hire is a, a huge step towards getting that done. Um, so extremely excited to welcome him here. Um, it's, uh, you know, just felt like the right match from the very first time that we spoke on the phone. And, uh, and you know, so it's it's been fun getting to know him and his family over the last few weeks, getting out on the road recruiting. Um, our players are very excited about getting to work, as Coach Grinch is as well. And then um, I know you guys will be visiting uh, here in a little bit with, with Roy Manning, who will be our new, our new corners coach, and with Brian Odom, who will be our new inside linebackers coach. And after making the decision to hire Alex, I really – kind of leaned back on uh, when when coach Stoops brought me here four years ago and and the setup you know that he that he gave me to get this thing done which involved being able to bring you know one position coach that I had a strong you know relationship strong ties with and Dennis Simmons and then really it ended up being two because Bill Beatonbow you know luckily for me was already on staff and we had already worked together and had that same type of relationship as well and I Having been in similar shoes, I I can really, I still remember how important that was to me, you know, to have some guys in the room that I'd, you know, I'd been in the fire with. Um, and it also showed me that the head coach was very invested in what we were doing, not just simply by hiring me and saying, okay, we're going to, you know, run this system and do that. But when he's willing to, to, to do that for you, it shows that you're completely all in. And and I wanted to, to do the same thing for Alex, and uh, so leaned heavily on on his input on these guys. And then as I got a chance to beat with both both Roy and Brian, couldn't have been more impressed with them, uh, their history, their backgrounds, uh, how well they recruit, how well their players play. They just checked every single box in addition to having a strong working relationship with Alex. And so everything's come together really, really nicely. I was excited today uh, to, to have this, you know, staff in there kind of finally, you know, together all at once. And, uh, ex you know, can't wait for this journey here defensively. So uh, we'll let Alex uh, make, a, make a quick statement here, and then you guys can fire away. Well, excited to be here. Um, this is uh, – I think I made the comment uh, – when I first got hired, this this is a one percenter, you know, and and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of programs that that, that maybe make that claim, but uh, th this is uh, 
um, the, the elite of the elite. And so when you have an opportunity to, to, to be a place like the University of Oklahoma, you know, they, they get your antennas up. So from the very first time talking to Coach Riley, uh, cer- certainly excited and uh, uh, thrilled, that, as Coach mentioned, to, to have the staff that we have. And, and, and uh, Coach McNeil, Coach Thibodeau uh, kind of round out that staff. And when you got uh, good coaches, good recruiters, um, and, and, and good teachers, you got a chance to uh, be, be successful on, uh, on, on our side of the ball. And so I think we, we did a good job of getting that uh, in place. Thrilled to get started. Thrilled to get uh, with the players. Had an opportunity to, to visit with the defense. Uh, I guess it was Monday. Every you know individual meetings, you know Monday and Tuesday, as the new coaches have come on, they've had an opportunity to kind of meet with those guys, get them on the phone a little bit, and we'll continue to do so, kind of as we build relationships and go. So, got a lot of work to do, um, but that's not that's not unique to us. Every team in the country right now is is, is working through their off season, you know, and and, and we got to have a, a real sense of urgency to uh, uh, kind of play catch up, if you will. Uh, we don't we don't have guys three years in the system, four years in the system. Um, and so we, we got to do a great job as teachers to, to, to get them geared up. But uh, uh, thrilled, thrilled to be here and uh, understand the, uh, uh, the importance of, uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma football to this state and uh, excited to, to, to bring my family out here and uh, be a part of it. Okay, we'll take questions from both Coach Riley and Coach Grange. We'll start with John. Lincoln, you mentioned a couple of times, um, seemed like a perfect fit. What was it about him that stood out? And, and how much did you communicate with Coach Leach uh, about Alex, and then Alex as well. Um, your your formula on turnovers equating to wins. I want you to kind of get into that a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think from the first conversation that we had, uh, I just I felt like it was very much in line with the other parts of our program and just kind of big picture what the vision is for this place. And I first thing I loved about him was, you know, that every answer was about, was about mentality, you know, schemes, great schemes, important and scheme was certainly a part of this process. But I think, you know, we both agree that, you know, the mentality, the team chemistry, the, you know, what you build internally with your group is, is ultimately the difference makers in the kind of games that, that we expect to win here. And so, uh, his history, you know, how aggressive his defenses have been. I love the fact that all those years at Washington State, they were towards the top of the country in tackles for loss each and every year, and, and they had very good players there, but it's not like they were playing with NFL players at every single position, and I just thought he did a remarkable job there. And then, you know, talking to so many different guys, I actually honestly, this time around, uh, this year, I did not talk to Mike about him. I had talked to Mike about Alex several times in the past, not when we had a job open, but just, you know, Watching what they were doing there and asking about him and just you know normal conversations we had had, I I already knew what Mike thought about Alex, so that 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 would have been a waste of about a two-hour phone call. So <laughs> so so I hung on on that one, but uh, no, I, I you know Mike and then so many of the other guys at Washington State that have worked with him, people that I trust very much. It's the opinion was always the same and it was always consistent and it was you know and then like I said it then having the have a chance to visit with him personally um, and, and get a feel for that. It just it made complete sense on every single level and address the issues that I think we need to address and brings in a guy that I think is going to be an absolute difference maker for us. Okay. Uh, yeah. Coach, He's got the back end of that one. Uh, takeaways. Um, yeah, we, you know, we, we kind of uh, you know, uh, coined the phrase, to, you know, takeaways equal victory. And, and, and so it, it, uh, it, it Stems from the fact that the sole purpose of the defense to be on the football field is to get the ball back to the offense, and in, in for whatever reason, in other sports, 
no one seems to be confused that way. If you're playing bang on, you use other uh, sports as reference. But you know, in basketball, if you're defending a guy, you know, you want to take the ball away from him. And, and so defensively, you know, from you want to you know, contain yards, you obviously want to limit points. But the purpose behind every play in football is for the, the defense to get the ball back to the offense. And you know, oh by the way, that the ball doesn't have any working knowledge of who it's supposed to to, to uh, be thrown to. It, does, it doesn't know that the quarterback is supposed to throw it to a receiver. It doesn't know it's supposed to stay in the running back's arms. And so if the ball doesn't know, uh, then, then how on earth do we know? So that, that gives us every opportunity on every snap of football to get the ball back. And then it obviously affects possessions. Um, and and we, we did a study several years ago, and then essentially you know, 24 takeaways equated to nine wins regardless of any other statistic in football, whether offense, defense, total offense, scoring, defense, and you, you can name them all. But if you... Uh, you know, got to that 24 is kind of like that, that magic number. Um, so you, you see the impact. But in any event, uh, um, you know, the, it, uh, yes, it controls possessions. Yes, it controls points. But I think it gives a singular purpose to every member of your defense on every, every down uh, as to why we're out there. Uh, question for Coach Grinch and Coach Riley. Coach Grinch, um, what you did at Washington State in 2015, taking that program over and kind of rebuilding it, do you use that as a similar blueprint here at Oklahoma? And um, also, uh, Coach Riley, is your defensive staff set for 2019 now, and do you have responsibilities set for the coaches? Yeah, I mean, certainly there's parallels, but but you know, obviously different schedule, different people, di different players, and all those things. So, you, you, do you draw from it? Yes. I mean, certainly from a confidence standpoint, that it's not as if these are you know as, as you you know meet with the defense this past week these are the things we're going to try at Oklahoma and then let's, let's see if it sticks type of thing I mean with the with, with, uh, extreme amount of confidence you know to, to the depths of my soul I believe in the, the, the things that we do defensively and and so much of it you know uh, you know going back to that time and, and I mentioned the defense this week it's, it's an effort-based defense you know efforts the greatest equalizer in sport which means it also can go both ways and so if you allow that individual across from you to play with more effort than you you can have the fanciest scheme in the world, and it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. But, but so in, in any event, you know, just, just you know, understand the impact that way, understanding that when you talk about you know, takeaways and you make an emphasis of it, and I think we're 24, 23, 28, three years running, that, that you, know, you get what you demand, and then you make it a big deal on a day-to-day -day from a practice standpoint. So, no, certainly you, you, you draw from those experiences, but, but you don't allow yourself to be naive to say that you, know, you just can check those boxes because you, know, you did some of those things in your past. Yeah, yeah. As far as defensive staff, uh, yeah, Alex is gonna gonna coach our safeties. Uh, Roy will coach the corners. Uh, Brian Odom will coach the inside linebackers. Uh, Ruffin McNeil coach the outside linebackers. Calvin Thibodeau will coach the defensive line. Uh, we still have some uh, off the field positions, uh, GA positions, all that that we're in the process of. Not ready to make announcements on that yet, but the full time on the field staff is set. Yes. Now, Alex, if you don't mind talking about uh, your defensive style, you talked about the takeaways, but everybody talks about how aggressive you are up front and some of the things. So, you get into that a little bit, what we'll see when you take the field against Houston. Yeah, and we, we kind of use the phrase downhill approach, and, and, and really what we mean by that is, is being less reactionary. You know, there's, there's an element to it, obviously, defensively. You know, the offense knows the play they're running. Obviously, we have to react to where the ball is. So, I mean, that, that's, that's football. But, tr but trying as best we can to put our guys in a situation that, um, you know, an offense has to react to you, you know, to, again, to, to a certain extent. Um, and, and, you know, single gap defense in, 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 our, in our front um, so that the guys have an understanding of where they need to be. 
uh, kind of when they need to be there and how they got to get there. You know, m- much more emphasis on on the on the how as opposed to to the what. Um, we, we you know from a coverage standpoint, you know, uh, we we, we uh, attempt as best we can to make receivers win. You know, uh, the the game is is space and speed in, in 2018, 2000, now 2019 in college football. And so trying to do uh, from a coverage standpoint, you know, put ourselves in a situation that we can eliminate, you know, certainly match from a speed standpoint and, and by doing so try to do the best we can to eliminate, uh, you know, issues from a, a space standpoint. So, and you can do that structurally in a number of different ways. And so we try to be multiple as best we can and put our guys in a situation that uh, when you say downhill, they, they uh, pre-snap, they have an understanding of where they need to be. We eliminate the gray. Uh, you know, from from as best we can. Again, the the offense does a pretty good job of uh, adding gray. So we don't, as coaches, it's important that we don't we don't uh, uh, you know add more to it. Um, so in any event, uh, yeah, no, no structurally it'll be uh, you know multiple both both in the front and on the back end. But it's kind of some of those uh, those elements in place. You know, aggressive in coverage, um, as mentioned, and then single gap defense in uh, in the front. Two questions, and both are related to the air raid. The first being, you and Roy are going to coach the secondary together, um, which obviously is a huge part of handling these, these passing offenses. Just if you wouldn't mind, why was he a good fit for you in coaching the secondary? And then sort of a second question, you obviously were with Mike at Washington State coaching a defense on a team with an air raid offense. Is that Does that present a different challenge, and does that help in any ways coming here to coach with this air raid offense? Sure, just a, a lot of confidence in Coach Manning. We worked together for three years. Coach Corners at, uh, at, a, at a high level at, at, at Michigan in his past. Had our nickels out there as well, which really there's common, really the, the nickel in, in, uh, uh, in the scheme was more same as from a corner standpoint in terms of the fundamentals, techniques, and those things. Uh, so I have complete confidence in, in, in him. He's, he's an elite coach, an elite, elite man, elite recruiter, all those things. Uh, you check so many boxes and and we've been in it, like Coach said. You kind of been in the fire. You, you you understand. You know, he was there day one. You know, trying to change a culture, trying to change a program. He understands. You know, so much of who we are and what we are. And as I mentioned, it's more the what and the who, as opposed to, or she made the how and the what, as opposed to, uh, uh, just you know, schematically and that. So excited, thrilled, absolutely thrilled. Uh, if I was drafting, you know, he was he was at the top of the draft board. So so very excited to to have Coach, and then defending again. That you know, uh, I. I Cringe a little bit to, to hear the air raid because those are, those are difficult, uh, difficult days in practice, spring ball, fall camp, and all those things, and, and uh, actually praying for some runs so you get a chance to defend them sometimes. But you get them uh, here a lot more than you did at Washington. Yeah, you State. do. I, I've noticed that. I've noticed that. Uh, I made sure before I took the job. No, uh, the uh, but but it it it, it gives you a, a great uh, barometer, kind of where you're at from a coverage standpoint, and and and, and so what you. You know, as we as we looked at it, you know, you you say, well, if if you're defending it more than anybody in the country, again, really that you're talking about spring football, fall camp, and the seven on sevens and those things that guys do on their own. So you got a tremendous opportunity to to if you're an elite passing team to be elite defensively against it, um, if if you're willing to to not make excuses on a day to day basis. And so that was the biggest thing for us as a coaching staff was saying, okay, you know, we need to be willing to have a tough day. And a frustrating day as we walk off that practice field and not make excuses for our guys. Well, we're, we're one of the the, the tops uh, in the country uh, in off, or, or in that case, in, in passing. And so that makes it okay to get beat. It's okay to allow completions. It's okay to have 
a, a lack of success on, on a given day. And so once we eliminated that and it took time, and, and again, you don't, you don't have time in this business, so it's got to happen very, very quickly. Um, and obviously, schematically, you got to make sure that you're, you're matching those things. It can't just be talk. But that was a big part of it, a big part of it. And, and, um, but, you, but you do. You, get, you, you have an understanding coverage-wise, okay, how do you handle these certain things? And, um, and it, it uh, became a great challenge. And I, I think uh, our last year there, I think we were top ten against the past. Barry? Yeah, Alex, um, from afar, did you pay any attention to what's been going on in Oklahoma the last couple of years? Specifically, the defense and the way it struggled. Uh, n- n- not specifically, no. Um, you know, obviously, you know, from afar, obviously, the elite success has been taking place. So, on the national level, obviously, you 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 have a complete understanding of where this program is, um, and, and certainly excited about where it's going. But but no, specific to to one side of the ball, I did not. Since you've been looking into the job and taking it, where do you see where this defense is, is on this day, on January twentieth? Well, I think it's it's obviously a work in progress, and there's there's a challenge ahead. And where's that challenge, you know, stem from? Obviously, you're you're talking about in, in college football, um, it, it, it's hard to play defense in 2019. And what what we have to be willing to 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 do is 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 not make excuses for for poor performance that way. This Big 12 is known for offense. I understand that, and have tr- tremendous respect um, for the offenses and the coaches in this conference. Um, and so where we're at today is is um, you know uh, a, a Best way to put it again, just to, just a work in progress, and we got to make sure we get this thing installed. Trying to to do very little from a a previous uh, season eval, I think that's that's a responsible thing to do. Most of the film that we watch, you know, you kind of get a, 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 a you know your bearings in terms of you know the numbers of guys and you know jersey numbers that is, and then seeing some of the guys that, that may have played in the past. But I think it's important that you know we 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 have a clean slate because we expect them to have a clean slate. You know what we can't do is waste a lot of time in the in the feel out phase where. We're feeling them out, or they're feeling us out. We we got to make sure we dive into this thing, and so we're not we're not wasting uh, we're not wasting the day. We got we got uh, uh, we got to get there quick. Hey, you talked about first mentality, but then you talked about also checking off the boxes. What when you when you get hired as a defensive coordinator? At what point did you feel that you know Roy Manning and Brian Odom were your guy guys? And, and the second question is is when you when you go out to spring spring practice. Do you go out there with no depth chart at all uh, from the previous season, or do you just uh, kind of feed off of what they did last year and just kind of go from there? Yeah, in terms of uh, coaches, I mean, I, you know, you, 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 I guess you, your, your mind wanders or, or you think about some of the guys that uh, uh, you want to work with. I, I, you know, you, when, when you have elite people that you've worked with, elite coaches that you've worked with, what, what you don't want to do is, uh, you know, uh, you know, venture too far out from that. You know, the, it's the knowing. It's, it's knowing that. Uh, you, you've been in the uh, the meeting on a Sunday after a poor performance, and 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 you know those guys aren't the, the excuse makers. You know they're 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 in it for uh, the team, for the for uh, you know the defense for the team. Uh, they they understand again day one install. They understand what a Monday game plan looks like, and all those things that that just uh, uh, are, are are exciting to 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 have in the room. And so you know what you're getting. And, and, and so often in this business, there's a lot of good coaches out there. But, but, but uh, uh, until you work with a guy, some, some, you, know, you, you don't know what you don't know type of stuff. So, uh, no, they were, again, uh, as, as if you're drafting, what you don't get to do. And, and obviously, it had to be a good fit for this program. But uh, thrilled to have both those guys. And the second part of the question? Do you kind of use a baseline for last year's depth chart? Or do you just kind of go in and just say everybody is just 
brand new? I mean, I think everybody. I mean, obviously, you're going to put 11 guys out there with a one. So we got to put. You know, we got to find who, who uh, who's going to line up with the one group, the two group, and everything else. But that, that, those depth charts can change every single day. And so that that'll be the message. I mean, a lot of the guys that, that line up. Uh, at least early on in the spring, or as we get into to, you know some of the, the walkthroughs and some of that that uh, that allow previous to to spring football, you'll, you'll default to some of the older guys just because they've been out there. But the message to them is that you know day day two depth chart can look completely different than day one. We won't wait till fall to to make those adjustments. And ideally, you know as best you can, you want to have your best eleven guys out there followed by the eleven best behind them. Now again, you know you can't play every you know. All linebackers, so you got to make sure positionally that, that that you get this thing structured. But but use the example that you know if you're one of the eleven best guys, we're, we're not married to a position. So if you're a corner, and you, we think you can be the eleven best guy, and you're the the third corner. Okay, maybe we'll put you at safety or inside linebacker. We'll put you down the rush linebacker spot, so on and so forth. So open to all those things. Jason Lincoln, what, what, why was it important for you to keep Ruffin on the staff and in in an on-field uh, role? And then for Alex, what will it mean to have a guy like that in, in the room? Yeah, I, uh, the first priority was absolutely just getting the, the defensive coordinator hire. And, and once we had that and Alex and I were, sit, were able to sit down and start piecing together a staff, I knew I had good guys on the staff. I mean, there was no, no doubt about that. Good guys, good coaches. And, and I didn't come in with some mentality of just blowing this thing up and, and just immediately scrapping everything we had and starting from scratch. Uh, but at the same time, I wanted it to fit. And uh, as we went through it, uh, rough and fit uh, within Alex's scheme as we started talking about the staff layout. Um, and then he, he brings a lot to this job that's very valuable for me too. And then, again, the trust factor, uh, a guy that's been through this, you know, all the things that I've said several times about him, certainly still there. And I think he has a great feel for the pulse of this team as well. And, and it just it made sense on a lot of different levels. And I had, you know, Alex sat down with all those guys. I wanted, I wanted to see... You know, we talked earlier about how Jalen and I would hit it off when we sat down. I wanted to see if the same things happened because you, you could, like Alex said, you can have great coaches, but they don't always mesh together the right way. And so, anybody that we did keep, I wanted to to make sure that they did mesh. And then Ruffin and Alex did mesh as well did as well as uh, as well as Calvin. And so, uh, you know, kind of made for it was kind of a good spot. I thought where we had a couple of guys back that I think have done an outstanding job for us, and then brought in a couple of new guys that I, I think are going to be. Is he, you know, equally outstanding and that fit, you know, Alex's, you know, what Alex wants and, and understand, you know, his system and they have that comfortability. So, um, yeah, I think it, was, it just made sense on every different level. Your uh, thoughts about Ruffin and having him in the room? Yeah, excited, excited to, to work with his defensive staff, you know, and, and, and probably the, the first thing that, that, that Ruffin and I did was, you know, uh, both having been coordinators for Mike Leach, we got, we got stories now, you know. So, um, so to say we hit it off, he's, he tells a better story than I tell a story. I guarantee you that. But uh, in any event, just a, a, a great coach, great man. You know, echo everything that, that Coach Riley just mentioned. But uh, thrilled to to have him on uh, with us. Um, and again, just uh, you know, bring bring some some probably uh, you know uh, experience. And uh, um, again, uh, that those are those are. Unique guys to, to have, guys that have been coordinators, guys that have been head coaches. I mean, you know, you, you don't get get a room full of those guys very often, so it's very nice to have them on staff. Yeah, Alex, you clearly stepped into a, a great opportunity here. You, I think your term was 1% when, when yeah. you began. And uh, that being the case, opportunities like this also come with 
with expectations, uh, particularly given the shortcomings on, on defense the last couple of years in the program and the fact that some see that as the thing that kept this, this program from a playoff breakthrough or a national breakthrough. Do you, are you aware of the expectations? And, and if so, how, how, how does that factor into your mindset as you pack the job? Well, well, I am. And then, then the, you know, you talk about one of the winningest programs in the history of college football. Um, it, it uh, and, and I guess the key term, there's a lot of key terms there, but I guess the program. And, and so the, one of the things that, that Coach Rodney and I talked about is you either have standards as a, as a football program at a place like Oklahoma, or are we going to have standards on one side of the ball? We're going to have a lead offense, and then the, then the other guys on the other side are just going to do their best to – I guess maybe uh, not not blow it, and so really the expectation is that that there's there's a high standard at Oklahoma football, and so that that's what um, and one of my messages to the guys, in fact, on Monday is when these guys signed on the dotted line to be Oklahoma football players, they understood the the expectations and, and the standards, and and um, certainly for me, you know, I signed a different paper, but when I signed on, I, I understood there was expectations and and, and signed on for. Uh, very, very high standards. Again, not just for one side of the football, but uh, for entire football program. Coach Rich, this is for you. You know, Jalen Hurts comes here, obviously a really talented guy, national caliber guy, comes in to play offense uh, because he knows this is an established program. On defense, how do you plan to make this a destination place for the very best defensive talent? Well, I think in, in, in a lot of ways, just as you look at the personnel, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll use this, this last class uh, just as an example and, and maybe just uh, you know, more, more knowledge of it just uh, in getting on board and, and watching some of those guys. Obviously, they, they, they uh, have signed be, before I came on, but um, just the, 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 there's a, a, a project here that guys want to be a part of, and that's obvious. And then the, the job the staff did, Coach Riley did, to, to bring in an elite group of guys in this uh, 2019 class to be be a member of this defense, despite the fact when those guys signed that there was not a defensive coordinator. I think that speaks to uh, the the uh, the want to and uh, of, of guys on a national level uh, to be a part of Oklahoma football. And so what we need to do is obviously make make sure that we're giving them a product uh, that the future recruits give them a, a product that 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 they want to be a part of, um, and that's our responsibility. But I I, I certainly think that. Uh, um, the the uh, there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of guys both both uh, in the state of Oklahoma and the state of Texas and on a national level that uh, you know see what what we're able to do program wise that uh, want to be a part of Oklahoma defense. Tyler Hey Alex, I hope this is a viewed as a fair question, but you've been part of a defensive resurgence before where they wanted to upgrade the everything across the board and, and you did well there there's people who support the program here obviously want to know how quickly that can happen here how quickly do you think it can happen here uh, based on what you see and what what's just a re- reasonable expectation as well, far as I, next season goes sure and I and I think that uh, you know a, a lot of what what's said in, in a January press conference comes as a hollow promise I mean you can make a lot of statements and, and uh, again it's very hollow this time of year. Um, but but I guess I guess the message would be, and I, and I think you used the term uh, earlier, and I certainly did with the defensive staff this morning, is just urgency. We we have a sense of urgency that's that's unmatched across this country. Everybody's trying to be better. I mean that's that's what off seasons are for. That that won't change a year from now. Okay, um, and and but on on our part is we we have to understand that the the we we have to raise the bar very very quickly, 
and we got to make sure not, it's one thing to raise it, it's a whole other thing to, to, to reach it. And so everything we do on a day-to-day -day basis up until spring football is to make sure that we don't waste a day of spring football. You get 15 days, and uh, they're, they're precious to everybody. They're precious every year when you actually get to put the helmet on, put the pads on, the ball's out, here we go. But for us now, we, we have to make sure everything we do leading up into that is we, we can't you know, uh, waste the first two days of spring from an install standpoint or, or a, uh, an effort standpoint to then all of a sudden, okay, we're starting to get it uh, practice three, for instance. And certainly it can get scary all of a sudden midway through spring ball, it starts clicking, for instance. And then we just wasted six, seven days. And, and, uh, or, or we talk about you know spring was, was good. We start, we're starting down the road. Fall camp is going to be critical. We, we, we can't waste any time. And so urgency, urgency, urgency from uh, Coach Wiley in the weight room uh, and, and, and everything we do from a meeting standpoint, that, that's uh, allotted to us uh, over this, this next, I guess, month and a half or, or almost two months before spring ball starts is really our mentality is how, how can practice one of spring give us the best opportunity to take advantage of every single one of those days. And then obviously how do, how do we build that through the summer and then coming back fall camp. We can't midway through fall camp, we start turning a corner. We, 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 can't, uh, we can't waste that time. Um, so probably a long answer, but that magic, the magic word of urgency, and we got to feel it. Got time for a few more, Kerry. Lincoln, I was wondering if you could talk about kind of when you first came to Oklahoma, um, just in the recruiting process, did you kind of have to, I don't know, reteach yourself what you were looking for in terms of an elite athlete versus maybe what you've been recruiting at ECU? And, and I'm, I'm curious, Alex, like just being at Ohio State, how much did that help just kind of being around some of those secondary guys because a lot of those guys were – guys at Oklahoma recruited that were elite recruits. Yeah, I, I don't know that you have to reteach yourself on evaluating, but you're just you just have access to to everybody. You know, you just have your your standards maybe, you know, are changed a little bit by by who you can get, who you can really get in the game with, um, from a recruiting standpoint. So now I remember being excited for me. You know, it was the first time I had been in a you know, one of these one percenters and uh it's uh you know, I remember walking into any school thinking we got a shot at anybody, and and it was a it was a great feeling. And then I think we've, and then now just being able to look back on it four years later and some of the progress we've made in that area, I'm extremely proud of. And uh, I I tell you, even these three hires here today, you know, certainly what they can do on the field, what that what they can do culture wise was a big part of it. But as with any person that we hire in our program from the lowest level job to the top level job, they better be able to recruit and that better be important to them. And uh, I felt that with Alex and then looking back at, at, at Roy's history, looking back at, at Brian Odom's history, felt very strongly about, you know, these guys not only, you know, understanding the way we want to recruit, but helping us even further that. And I think they're going to do it. So yeah, it's uh now you did you did have to learn, but yeah, it's 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 fun when you can go recruit the best. We can do that right now, and we're going to continue to do that. Okay. Alex, kind of just what it was like, you know, spending time at Mid Ohio State, sure. kind of seeing you know that level of athlete, maybe even that depth that that programs like this. Yeah, and and uh, you know, to that, you know, was was thrilled to have an opportunity to work for Coach Meyer, you know, one of the winning you know coaches in the history of our game, and so that that was, that was thrilling. I mean, you you know, when you're at, at at a program like that, at a program at Oklahoma, you're talking about bigger, faster, stronger. The thing that you find out very quickly, though, is the ingredients to, to winning don't change, you know, in terms of the attention, the detail, the discipline, the effort, like I, m I mentioned, mentioned earlier. 
Um, you know, per- personnel won't save you. You you, you got to play a certain way, and you got to play with extreme effort, uh, regardless of uh, who, who those body structures are, or regardless of depth. And that's what everybody's trying to build, and it's it's um, uh, it's, it's difficult to do. Um, and uh, but uh, no, it's uh, you know sometimes I guess maybe you need to have that experience to to, to maybe just reaffirm some of the, your your original beliefs in terms of what it takes to to be successful. Just um, excuse me, from a cultural standpoint, I think attitude defensively has been something that's been lacking. How do we go about, you guys have referenced mentality several times, just kind of changing the culture? Yeah, and then I think I, I touched on it one, just to, the, the singular focus on every single down to, to, to get the ball back to the offense. Get, get a purpose, I guess, behind every single play, uh, I, think is, uh, uh, I think is important. Um, you know, h- how do you change that? I think you emphasize it. I think you, you, you certainly uh, applaud the, the good and, and over the top applaud the good. Um, and I think over the top you um, make, make it very, very clear when standards aren't met. And so that, that's, that's, I mean, it, it, that's not magic. Um, but I think also, too, that, that you establish, uh, you know, those things, that, that the non-negotiables. Um, it, it's a whole lot different to make a, a, a mistake scheme-wise as opposed to making a mistake effort-wise because effort, effort mistakes aren't, aren't, aren't that. that it's a, it's, that's a conscious decision uh, to hurt your football team. And so um, how do you change it? You make that very, very clear that there's certain non-negotiables for us defensively that uh, um, we're not asking you to, to, to participate in. So that's, that's, that's the demand. Um, and then, you know, obviously from a, a teaching standpoint, everything else is, is something we can get corrected based on film. So I, I think that's it. It's just, you know, understand there's a difference between the two and, and uh, uh, applaud when it's good because it will be good at times and, and, and make it very, very obvious when it's not. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned the Big 12 being so good at offense, and OU certainly has, you know, the results in, in getting high-level offensive players. But right now, defensively, you don't have those results. And sort of piggybacking off Cliff's question, what is the biggest selling point defensively right now to those upper echelon kids as to why they should come here without being able to show them something tangible the way you can offensively? Who's that for? Either one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one for yeah. you. Um, yeah, I think I think it's it's an it's an easy sell. Um, the the sell is, you know, one this place. It doesn't matter what position you play. You're coming to play at one of the elite programs great facilities, great people working with you, all everything that you could ever want, a great university. The sell specifically on the field is, it's not the sell, the truth is, is we've, you know, just got done winning four straight Big 12 championships. You know, we've been in the playoffs three out of the last four years. We've been right on the doorstep of winning this whole thing, and we're really close to getting it done. And uh, with this guy, we got, you know, one of the premier defensive coordinators in the country here right now that's going to make a huge difference for our program. Um, we're, we're even with some of the tough results we've had defensively. We've continued to get better and better recruits here the last few years. And once, once we, you know, once we show what we're getting ready to show, that's getting ready to even go to another level. I think we all believe that. And our, I think, as evidence, I know Alex referenced, was you know, used the evidence of the players we were able to bring in without even having a defensive coordinator. I think that's very obvious. And so I think when. When those results do come on top of all the other great things at this place, then it's going to continue to get even better and better. So it's uh, it's not difficult because it's the truth. Okay, time for one last question. Jenny. Hey, Alex.
it's the decision to have an inside and outside linebackers coach and then two defensive line coaches the last couple of years. Does that speak to wanting to get more hands-on with the linebackers you do have? Does that speak to scheme and what we're about to see, just the, the why of, of two linebackers coaches? Yeah, now, now with 10 coaches in, in, uh, in college football, just, it, it allows you to, you know, the, the student-teacher ratio to, to get adjusted that way a little bit. So it, it just it, it make, makes sense. I think uh, um, it allows for um, you know, be, better use of meetings and better use of individual time in, in, in practice. So that, that, that's the extent of it. Man, it's got to get you fired up as a Sooner fan with the vision that Alex Grinch has for this defense. Young, exciting, attacking can't wait to see it all play out. We'll get our first look at spring ball. Of course, big news today, or I guess maybe I should be more specific about this, big news over the weekend is everything is starting to get finalized for the spring game. Save the date now, April 13th. April 13th is being called one of the most epic spring games in college football. So we'll have more details as we get closer to the date. I know the baseball team is uh, in town that weekend, so it's going to be a fun day on campus for Sooner Athletics. But again, April 13th for the spring game. It will also be our first look at Alex Grinch and this new look for the Sooner defense. All right, coming up on tomorrow's regular podcast, Toby Rowland, Ryan Fowler, and then Jessica Cootie goes one-on-one with Brian Odom, Roy Manning, and, of course, the new defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch. Until then, everyone, have a great Monday. Enjoy Martin Luther King Jr. Day and what this day is all about. We will see you back here tomorrow with the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.